Hello, and welcome to the Texan Overtime Podcast. My name is Michael Shapiro. I am a football beat writer and senior sports reporter for the Daily Texan. With me, as always, is our sports editor, Ezra Siegel. Ezra, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. And our associate sports editor and co-football beat writer, Tyler Horka. Tyler, how's life? It's good. I'm doing excellent. Got a birthday this weekend and another Longhorn football game, so couldn't be better. How old are you turning? 21. Oh, big 21. All right. Well, you might be able to get your festivities started early with this Texas game coming up. We'll see about that. So as we start, sat here, let me try that again. So as we sat here last week prior to Texas facing off against Notre Dame, the Longhorns had a bevy of question marks, specifically at the quarterback position. Those have all been answered. The biggest question I think going into week two is, does Texas deserve that number 11 ranking that was given to them by the Associated Press. Ezra, what do you think? They definitely deserve to be ranked. I don't think there's any question about that. You know, they have Notre Dame come in on national TV. It's the most watched game of the week. Everyone saw what this team can do, and it's clearly there's clearly potential for something special here. But number 11 seems a little premature for me. Um, I don't think I don't think they're a top 15 team in college football yet. I agree with Ezra. I think the coaches got it right, actually. They sit at number 20 in the coaches poll, and right after the game, I was asked where I think they'd be, and I put Texas at about 17, so I think they're in that 17 to 20 range. I think the funniest thing that we heard all week from any player or coach is they asked Vance Bedford, Texas defensive coordinator, on uh, on Wednesday, where do you think this team should be ranked? And he sat there, and he kind of looked around, and he said, 50, which is as arbitrary as it is ridiculous, but you know Vance is always a good quote. Is a top 15 ranking sustainable for Texas throughout the year, or do you have to expect them to slip and falter maybe outside the top 25? I think that I would think that it's probably sustainable. I my prediction would be that they finish the year ranked, but I think they're going to get a really early test. Um, after this week, after UTEP, which they do still have to get through, they have to go out to California, play on the road, primetime Pac-12 game. You know, you never know what can happen in those games, especially after Cal just absolutely tore up Hawaii week one. So I think people are overlooking that game. But then right after that, they flip to a back-to-back slate of Oklahoma State, who's a top 25 team, and then OU, who opened up the season as the number four team. So there's a very good chance Texas loses that ranking really quickly if they can't pick up wins in that tough three-game stretch. But, as I said, I think they probably will finish the year ranked. Ezra, you mentioned going on the road and having to play Cal. The road is not very kind to Texas under Charlie Strong, especially last year they went 1-4 in true road games. And having to face Cal, a team that's capable of putting points on the board, and that's probably Texas's biggest weakness is maybe – defense. Notre Dame gashed them on the ground at times and Mm -hmm. Kaiser gashed them through the air as well. So playing Cal on the road, like you said, is a big test. But if they do make it through that game, then you're looking at Oklahoma State in week four and Oklahoma State might be the favorite in the Big 12 if you ask me right now. So if both teams are 3-0 at that point, that's going to be a huge game. If they get through that, then yeah, this this ranking is sustainable. Well, I think a lot of people would say it's pretty bold putting Oklahoma State as the top team in the conference. But the thing that we saw after week one is the Big 12 doesn't really have a favorite. OU faltered, got really manhandled by Houston, which was interesting. And then you have really a litany of teams who could win it. TCU really struggled, but still is a fine football team. Against South Dakota State. Against South Dakota State. I, I don't know what's going on there. They got Kenny Trill, but that defense should be much better. Then you look at Oklahoma State win the conference. 
Baylor, and then Texas. What are Texas's chances of actually winning the Big 12 this year? You have a lot of good offenses, but there's a lot of bad defenses in the Big 12 too. Texas hasn't proven that they're going to have a really good defense, but I think they have some pieces in place to have a good defense. And what we saw with the offense on Sunday, if the offense plays like that and the defense plays a little bit better, I don't think there's any reason Texas can't win this league based on what we saw from the other teams in the league on Saturday. Well, one thing I would say going off of that point about Texas' defense is, you know, they I don't think they're as bad as they necessarily looked last week. They gave up 444 yards. They gave up 206 yards on the ground, which, you know, has been a problem for them over the past year. But they got the stops when they needed to. They they showed that they do have the ability to force three and outs. They didn't force any turnovers. But when you can get other teams off the field quickly, it puts your offense in a great position. So I think they definitely flashed the ability to, you know, make those key stops against a top a top 20 team in Notre Dame. So I think, you know, when they get a game like UTEP where they can work out some of the kinks, I think this defense does have a lot of potential. I mean, they have a lot of potential, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to matter all that much in the Big 12. The following teams can probably score 50 points a game on you. Baylor can do it, Oklahoma State, TCU, Tech, Oklahoma. All those teams can put points on the board. If Texas really wants a shot to contend, I think Shane Bouchelle is going to have to be absolutely exceptional did you see enough on week one to think that he can actually carry an offensive load throughout the season, especially if there's a shootout, even if it's on the road? I think what has to impress you the most, besides his composure, that's what everyone's been talking about, the way he he didn't falter when things looked tough after throwing that interception. He could have completely collapsed, but he didn't. But aside from that, I think his touch on the deep ball is something we haven't seen out of a Texas quarterback in a long time. He hit John Burt down the sideline right in the hands twice, should have had two touchdowns if Burt didn't drop the first one, but his his ability to throw the deep ball is something we haven't seen since Colt McCoy. Well, I think the most, the biggest takeaway I took from the Notre Dame game is, you know, you mentioned the composure, but I think he doesn't necessarily have to be elite for Texas to win the Big 12. He doesn't have to come in and put up, you know, Johnny Manziel freshman numbers. He can he can take the game, he can manage it, he can feed his backs, and as long as he doesn't make mistakes, which he didn't against Notre Dame, I mean, the interception, his receiver was open, he just sort of, he he missed him, he overthrew him. So, I mean, his ability to control the game and not make mistakes, I think, is all Texas needs from him. I think um, Tyrone Soups takes a lot of pressure off him, too. He's a, Shane's able to go to the sideline for, you know, three, four plays in a row and just watch what Swoops does and think about what he has to do the next time he steps on the field. It's certainly helpful for him to have another quarterback, a guy who is a senior that can spell him for a few plays. As big of a test as Notre Dame was, I think Bouchelle's biggest test of the year is going to come in week three, going on the road, late night Pac-12 game at Cal. I think it's a 9.30 start here. That's going to be a strange game for Texas. All right, we've kind of macroed out here thinking about the Big 12 big picture. Let's hone in on UTEP. Ezra, what is the biggest challenge facing the Longhorns against UTEP in Week 2? I would say it's the biggest challenge facing Texas every single week, uh, just stopping the run. This team has shown week in and week out over the past year that they just cannot get it done against the run, and they're facing the NCAA's leading rusher this week. Um, Aaron Jones had 249 yards against New Mexico State last week. He is going to provide a big challenge for this Texas defense, and they need to they need to get it done up front. 
Aaron Jones is an absolute joy to watch. I think I called him a bowling ball in my preview. That guy, once he gets downfield, gets downhill, is really a load to stop. He has a lethal stiff arm. Tyler, do you think Texas can put up 50-plus points against this UTEP attack? Do you think it'll really be close after halftime? I don't think it'll be close, but I think UTEP, they have the ability with Aaron Jones to score a touchdown early, maybe even two. But um, we've seen Texas stop big backs before. They did a number on Samaj P. Ryan last year against Oklahoma. Um, if they if they can stop Aaron Jones, I think the offense is going to roll for Texas. Um, close at halftime, I'm not sure. I think Texas rolls in this one. Another thing Texas has to look for is if there's one thing you know coming into a game against UTEP is that this team is going to take a, take their time with the ball. Over the past three years, they've finished top six in time of possession every <laughs> year despite having some losing records, so it's not necessarily working for them. But you know they will take their time, which may inhibit Texas's ability to you know, put up 50 points, like you said, put up that big score. But I do think that overall they'll be able to have a pretty big lead in this game. Yeah, I think you're right that maybe they won't get the Texas offense won't get to 50 points because UTEP's going so slow but I also think that works to the Texas defense's favor we've seen uh offenses come in fast in the past against Texas and that kind of hurts them they don't have time to get set they just keep getting gashed next thing you know opponent scores a touchdown I think Texas has the ability to get a lot of big third down stops just based on the way UTEP runs their offense with UTEP offense contrasted with Sterling Gilbert's offense for Texas it'll certainly be a a tale of two systems here all right let's go to the predictions here Ezra who wins on Saturday and what's your score you know I don't see any way this UTEP defense which they didn't look particularly good against New Mexico State so I think they're gonna have a lot of trouble especially one stopping Deontay Foreman in the Texas rushing attack I think Texas's offensive line is too big and physical for them and two, I'm not sure how they're going to stop, uh, you know, the vertical passing game with speedsters like John Burt, Sherrod Hurd out there. I think this is not an ideal matchup for UTEP. I'm going 41-10 Texas. Considering that John Burt had four deep balls that honestly could have been completed for touchdowns, he might have three or four touchdowns on Saturday. Tyler, who wins on Saturday? What score do you got for us? Despite UTEP running that offense so slowly, I I think Texas still does get to 50 points. I have them at 56, and UTEP, they're going to get a few touchdowns. Aaron Jones might get both of them. Uh, UTEP at 17. Texas is going to win 56 to 17, and four of those touchdowns are going to be really long. I think two of them, long runs, maybe 60-plus yards, and also two passing touchdowns of 60-plus yards, both from Bichelle. Well, it sounds like that would be a, a beating that Texas fans have become accustomed to, uh, at least when we were growing up, maybe not so much recently. Mm-hmm. As for me, uh, I think the Longhorns' roll score doesn't really matter. Game will be over by halftime, but let's go Texas 48-17. All right, well, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us on Episode 2 of the Texan Overtime Podcast. Thanks, as always, to Ezra and Tyler, and we will see you next week. Drinks are on me this weekend. There we go. This podcast was produced by The Daily Texan and hosted by Michael Shapiro with guests Ezra Siegel and Tyler Horka. And the music was by The Weeknd. Be sure to check back next week for our next episode. And for more sports news, go to dailytexanonline.com.